this week's episode is brought to you by Elmer Fudd. Be very, very quiet. We're weeding fan fiction. a snappy startup because it is our 200th episode we've been here so long yeah. we i'm atlas yeah i'm, I'm root beer i like how you guys like <laughs> you're not <laughs> even happy about so it happy about this, yeah don't we you you guys sound like when there's like an over exasperated parent whose kid is like mommy i just learned how to do this you're like great cool <laughs> You're trying your damnedest to seem excited. <laughs> Look, I'm happy that we made it 200 episodes. I'm surprised we made it past 50. I'm but we're still here. But we're still yeah. here. Um, so people still listen to us. Yeah, which uh, also means that if you would like to listen to us more, we have a big announcement, and that announcement is that we have a Patreon now. Um, and Fog. yeah, there was a thing in the show notes before that no one ever clicked. That was for Nexus Core, the YouTube channel. We have, like, our own separate Patreon now. And with that Patreon comes stuff. Uh, there's three tiers. There's a, a, a $1 tier, a $5 tier, a $10 tier. $1 tier, uh, you can find that in your couch. We appreciate it. It's nice of you. Uh, $5 tier, you actually get some stuff, though. Um, $5 tier... We are going to have a bonus podcast every week. That is about what only about the tangents. <laughs> you know how? Do you remember a few months ago where we these guys put out an episode about Final Fantasy? I remember I, that vividly. That I wasn't on. Uh, that was a that was a test run. So basically, this thing will be released every Monday uh, through the Patreon. So if you be become a 5 or a $10 patron, you get this uh, brand new extra hour or so of content from us every week about whatever the hell we want to talk about. And we'll have not just the three of us on here. We'll have people from Nexus Core. We'll have people who have been on this show before. I'm sure we can get, you know, Solemn Vanguard and Different Fight and Mr. Time Leap and who, I think I just spoiled a future episode. But, uh all these people that you know and love talking about, not necessarily Vanguard. What? Uh -huh, future. Future. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned. Uh, and then the $10 tier, um, that one's a little bit of uh, a to be determined as it is right now. You get the bonus show. Plus we will give you a shout out every week on air. So if you have a thing you want to plug, uh, you will be getting your thing plugged to the world. You can be like, hey, follow, uh, you know, Pippin Patalopsicopolis the third on Twitter or whatever. Um, we'll we'll read it on air at the end of each episode, and uh, we're doing this because we love you guys and uh, we thank you all for listening. Um, and it will help us, you know, pay our hosting fee and help us like live and stuff. <laughs> because we're living in a post-apocalyptic hellscape and we need money, please. At least he's I honest. I missed four times. <laughs> I saw this thing from Camille Nanjiani on Twitter today. He said, hey, remember experiences? <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. Um, but now for the meat and potatoes of this episode. It is our 200th, which means 
what sort of Vanguard topic are we going to do today? And I'll tell you what we're going to do. You remember how I talk about my other podcast, Bad Reading, at the end of every episode, where it's a podcast where I read terrible fan fiction to writers and comedians who are fans of stuff? Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to do that right here, right now. I have found a card fight Vanguard fan fiction. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yes. That I am going to read to you guys. Um, Matt and Rootbeer are encouraged to interrupt the story as often as they like with jokes, stories, nitpicks. They also have both been on bad reading at different points, so if you want to go check that out after, uh, they each have their own episode. Uh, I do want to say, before I get started on this story, I just wanted to point out what I didn't pick for the fan fiction. This is the stuff that I was like, I can't do it today. I have to do this instead. We have a story where Altmile goes out on the town for the night. Two different stories of what happens immediately after Legion. And sadly, a 28-chapter saga from uh, Sega vs. Capcom, who you've seen on the Vanguard subreddit fairly often. He's the one with all the awesome memes. He has a 28-chapter saga of Vanguard fanfiction that is mostly made up of custom cards that he made himself. That's a lot. That's what we're not doing. That's what we're not doing. What we are doing is a story called Cardfight Vanguard X because I guess they have to just pick a letter every time. Um, This was from fanfiction.net. It is by someone called MRD256. I will put the story, or the link to the story in the show notes so you can go find it yourself and also to give the artist credit. Uh, And the little preface is set 20 years after the events of G. The story follows the uh, events of Alex Shindo, an aspiring card fighter who uh, wanting to be a legendary fighter like her father, Chrono Shindo. Oh boy. How we doing? <laughs> All right. Good vibes already. Yep. There... Wait, wait. So who, who did, uh, who did Chrono have a kid with? Are we going to find that out? Yeah, we will find that out. Um, there are, uh, unfortunately there are 16 total chapters. I would love to do them all. We're probably oh. just going to get through the first chapter. Sorry. I but, believe it. But like I said, links in the show notes so you can go find it for yourself. So, in a barren wasteland, a large blue mechanical dragon flies at high speeds toward a magician dressed in black robes with a red demonic-looking arm. Uh, Chronojet dragon, attack the vanguard! A man's voice calls out to the dragon. My guard! Another man's voice calls out as uh, two other mages dressed in similar robes appear to protect the bigger magician. I don't think so. Critical trigger! The other voice calls out again, and the blue dragon breaks through the shield created by the two mages and strikes the magician, and a white light envelops the land. When it fades, two men in their early 20s appear in an arena full of people watching from the audience, one with black hair, another with red hair with a pink swirl. (laughs) (laughs) Gio, wonder who those two are. Great, uh, great fight. I accept defeat, the black-haired man says as he extends his hand to the redhead. He accepts the handshake as the audience cheers at the top of their lungs. 
And there you have it. Team Try 3 has won. The arena announcer shouts with great passion. With this, Team Try 3 are now the world national champions. The scene cuts to the redhead standing on uh, onto of a podium with two other people. A blonde-haired, sophisticated-looking man and a young woman with long green hair. Another young lady with short pink hair hands the redhead a trophy as the audience's cheers get louder and louder. The man holds the trophy high in the air. He then takes the green-haired girl in, into his arm and holds her close to him as they hold the trophy together. <laughs> <laughs> Help me. Are they going to introduce these characters at some point? No, nope, all we know is their hair color. All right. Yeah. Because if there's one thing we know about Vanguard, it's you only know the story if you know the story. I see. Right. The blonde-haired man stand next to a woman uh, stands next to a woman with short blue hair as they both applauded the couple standing on stage, and the black-haired man and the pink-haired woman do the same as the two lean in close for a kiss. Wait. I assume I know who these characters are, but yeah. I actually cannot be 100% certain. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, plausible, to, technically, yes, we don't know who any of these people are. All right. we all we know is that these are basically a mannequins. a guy who's with a green-haired girl, a black-haired guy who's with a blue-haired girl, and a blonde guy who's with a pink-haired girl. Yeah. Got it. And... Apparently, the like the redhead and the girl with the green hair just make out in public. Sick. As you do, you're like, "Hey, we just won this competition. Let's make out." It's <laughs> the whole point of the kiss camp. Yeah. Yeah, but that's like the audience. That's not the people who just won the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> and also, you hope nobody remembers you from the kiss camp, but people will definitely remember you winning the tournament. Right. Although, wouldn't it be really funny if, like, that's how uh, Olympic podiums worked? Right? <laughs> You're like, all right, gold medal, silver medal, lock lips, let's go. I think people would do it. Bronze medal, you don't get anybody. You're 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 the third wheel. It's true. Team Try Three, a narrator speaks on a television program. The team that has risen up to become a legend in the world of Cardfight Vanguard, composed of Chrono Shindo, Tokoha Anjo, and Shion Kiba. Join us as we look back at on this team's astonishing legend. The program cuts to a commercial on the TV in a small bedroom. With plain white walls, a blue carpet, a small desk with books, Vanguard cards, and papers scattered across it. As you do. Uh, a white cabinet for the flat screen TV to sit on, and a small single bed off to the side. On that bed lies a young girl with mid-length purple hair with a pink swirl, sound asleep, and snoring loudly. <laughs> yeah, and the major genetics would work like that. I think uh, the snoring loudly makes it seem like uh, she's kind of... You know how whenever in some anime they'll show like somebody sleeping with like the covers like mostly off the bed, and they're like, in some weird position? They're always, like, splayed out, and then you have, like, that weird bubble. Yeah, that, that's not what I'm imagining right now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, sound asleep, snoring loudly. Um, with her body sprawled out on the bed while wearing a stomachless pink tank top and black shorts, he called it! 
She rolls over in the bed closer to the edge until she eventually falls off and hits her head on the floor. Ow, that hurt, she groans, still groggy from sleep. She picks herself up off the floor, rubbing her head where she hit. Oh, well, at least I'm up. Right, nobody would say that. <laughs> if I, okay, I'm pretty sure one. my reaction to falling out the bed would be like, time is it? 5 a.m. Fuck. Right. As a person who's actually fallen out of a bed, I have a story. When I was a freshman in college, I was rooming with some with some guy, and I, I had probably known him for a couple weeks at that point. And uh, we had these like you know loft beds, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm up top above the desk thing, and there's like my alarm clock on like a side table that's like extending out of the bed frame, like so you can reach it from your where you sleep on top. I like uh, wake up in the morning and I'm facing the wall, and so I'm like, ah. I think I would like to roll on my back. Well, as it would turn out, I did not want to do that. <laughs> I turned her. I turned her roll on my back, and I just fall straight to the floor. <laughs> <laughs> I said nothing. I got up. Was surprised that my head missed the uh, alarm clock stand because that would have been bad, and also missed my uh, dresser. And then I climbed back into bed and went to sleep. Yeah, no, no <laughs> concussion for you. Good. That was, a, that was an exciting adventure. <laughs> the one time I fell out of bed, I lived in Glenmore at UCR, so, like, the desk was... A f- there was enough room between the desk and my bed that I could safely roll onto the floor. And I'm pretty sure my reaction was genuinely looking at the clock, being like, ah, oh, fuck, it's only 5 a.m., and then crawling back into bed. Um, I don't really have many stories of falling out of bed. I do have a mild seizure condition that occurs during sleep, so there have been times where I've woken up just, like, on the floor. Incredibly sore because it's your muscles convulsing. But I haven't, like, fallen out of bed from natural causes, I guess you could say. Yeah, mine was my, mine was uh, probably the most dangerous one of ours. Yeah. Because, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, I was falling from a lofted bed. It was like what, like four feet off the ground, something like that. Yeah, uh, yeah at least that. Damn. Uh, it's maybe more like five. Fuck. But I missed. But I. But like, I had pushed my chair in, so that wasn't there to get in the way. I had. I would somehow that have, missed. Hmm? Would that have made it better if you landed well, on the, the chair? Di- no, no, I pushed it in, so I, no, it would have made it worse. Yeah. But I, because I pushed, but since I pushed it in all the way, it wasn't hanging out where I would land on it. Right. And, like, broken your spine or something. Yeah, or some some nonsense like that, right? <laughs> um, that would have been really bad. I remember when I was a freshman one time, uh, my, my roommate and I both had girlfriends, and it was, like, the two twin beds in the same room. So we tried to coordinate when, uh, like, one of us wouldn't be there so that we don't didn't end up, like, you know, making out with your girlfriend while the other one's in the room. But uh, one time we b- were both like, I'm not going to be home tonight. And we're like, oh, okay. And then both of our plans got separately but simultaneously canceled. So we both came back expecting the <laughs> other one to not be there. And then all four <laughs> of us were just in the same room. Awkward. Yeah, so we're awkward. Yeah, so you're just lying in bed. You're like, good night, <laughs> other three people who are in this room. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, oh, well, at least I'm up the most unrealistic piece of dialogue we've seen so far. Uh, 
huh, I must have fallen asleep watching TV again. Nope, she topped it. Uh, <laughs> oh, wait, uh, I have to do her voice. Huh, I must have fallen asleep watching TV again. There we go. She says as she picks up the remote off the bed and turns off the TV. She then looks down at the alarm clock next to the TV and looks at the time in horror. Oh no, I'm late, she panics as she picks up some clothes off the floor and her cards off her desk. <laughs> she quickly throws on the clothes of a white shirt, blue jacket, and blue skirt and puts her deck of cards in her jacket pocket as she runs out of her room and down the stairs into the living room. Don't ever do that. Well, card? no, no. So it's Japanese cards, so they're made out of like steel. You can do whatever you want. Oh, okay. That's right. Um, let's Japan see. gets the nice cardboard. Yeah. Let's say Japan gets the nice cardboard. <laughs> um, let's see. I need. I, I need to make up a voice for the mom. Uh, okay. The, the mom is gonna be Kermit the Frog. Okay. <laughs> Fuck it, I only know, like, six voices. This is just what what's happening. Alex, the, a woman's voice, calls out to her. She looks over at the couch uh, to see a young middle-aged woman with long green hair working on a laptop and holding a cup of coffee in her hand. Your breakfast is on the kitchen counter. Hurry, or you'll be late for school, the woman tells her. Thanks, Mom. Alex thanks the woman as she runs to, into the kitchen, grabs the toast on the plate, puts it in her mouth, and runs to the door front door to put her shoes on. Bye, oh, Mom. she's going to school with a toaster in her mouth. I know. <laughs> now she's going to dramatically run into her love interest on the way. That's what I'm expecting. I believe that's what we call a meat cute. Uh, she says with the toast in her mouth, Have a good day, honey, the woman tells her as uh, Alex closes the door behind her. The woman gives a warm smile. Okay, I, ne- I need a voice for, I guess, the dad. Ah. <sighs> I can't think Miss of any Piggy. good voices right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I feel like if you sent us the fanfiction to read alongside you, we might be able to jump in with voices of our own. I guess well, we... Eh, I mean, part of the fun is that you guys don't know what's coming, so that you can focus yeah. more on interrupting me. Um, <laughs> perhaps next time on an episode of Nexus Tangents. Patreon.com slash Nexus at night. But, uh, okay, Miss Piggy, Matt, you said? Yeah, sure. That girl's a handful, isn't she? A man's voice comes from it's the laptop. Martin Simpson. What? Fuck! <laughs> okay, how do you do Miss Pity? Uh, I don't know, you say moi a lot. Or you say wah? Wah! Moi. No, moi. Moi! No, 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 it's like... It's like even more piercing. Okay, I'm gonna try my hardest, and if it comes out like Marge Simpson, then so be it. Yeah, you know what? Whatever, let's just roll with it. Okay. Um... Yeah, especially now that she's in high school, the woman tells him. She's transferred to the school you work at, doesn't she? Yeah! Uh, Fuck, that is Marge. Uh, A black-haired man (laughs) on the screen replies, It's been so long since I've seen her. I've actually kind of forgot what she looks like. Ten years, the woman says. She was only five when we last met. Yep, my daughter's actually about her age now. I wonder if they'll become friends. The man I wonder if they'll dramatically bump into each other on the way to school. That would be funny, the woman replies. I mean, they're going to the same school. I don't see why not. Well, I better get back to work. I have papers to file before homeroom, the man tells her. What te- Like, Matt, you're a teacher. 
do people have papers to file before homeroom? Is that a thing? Uh, you might <laughs> input <laughs> grades or write down grades or... I mean, there's some things you put off the last minute like that. I guess so. I forgot what homeroom was like. Oh, yeah, no, I have no idea. I've never taught in a position where I need to do homeroom. It's been... One week. No, One week? Uh, yeah. Damn it. <laughs> it's been... <laughs> uh... <laughs> no, I think the last time I was in homeroom was like 2006 so or something con- like that. I'm a little confused. So what? this Alex girl yeah. is the daughter of at least somebody who we can assume to be Tokoha. Yes. Yes. Who so... we do know now from... Well, we know that there's a character named Tokoha from the... Uh... Announcement or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And it's not Shindo's child? Well, I think because he said it, my kid and your kid. So, like, I think that's Kazuma, the black hair. And I think it's just he's at Totoha's house for some oh, reason. I, uh, I think it was Chrono talking at first, and he's talking to... Oh, fuck. And I'm blanking on the Shadow Paladin. Kazuma. Kazuma. Yeah. You just said it, and I was already blanking on it. I think oh, they're on a live... I think they're, like, having a Skype call or something. Oh, oh. Yeah. On the screen. Yeah, black-haired man on the screen. So she's talking to Kazuma. I see, I see, I see. see. That makes more sense. I understand. My bad. I Uh, got confused because I didn't realize that Kazuma was, like, around. All right, take care, Or whatever this black-haired It took me way too long to figure out that they were talking about Luard in the beginning. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Because of the demon arm? Yeah, I'm like, wait, who the fuck, who the fuck is a wizard with a demon arm? I forgot Luard existed for a bit, which is really hard considering how hyped up he was. Like every time. Well, it, yeah. And here, here's and what will confirm. There like, is literally a set with Luard in it coming out at the end of this month. Yep, and we will have to do a set review for that too. Stay tuned. But um, all right, all right. Take care, Kozuma. The woman tells him. You too, Tokuwa. The black-haired man signs off the chat as the woman uh-huh. closes the laptop as she leans back on the couch to stare at the ceiling as a small tear runs down her cheek. There's too many ases. <laughs> signs off the chat as the woman closes the laptop as she leans back on the couch to stare at the ceiling as a small tear runs down her cheek. Uh, yeah. This could this could be a comma-separated list. Yeah. Meanwhile. Or making the sentence more concise. Yes. Closes the laptop and leans back in the couch. Yeah, leans back in the couch, period. A small tear runs down her cheek. Like, it's not hard. Um, Meanwhile, Alex runs down the sidewalk on her way to school. I'm late, I'm late, I'm late, she says in a panic. She eats and swallows the last piece. for a very important date. (laughs) (laughs) I'm March (laughs) Hare of Nightmareland. Uh, uh, she eats and swallows the last piece of her toast as the voice calls out to her. Uh, okay, need a voice for this young girl. Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse. Ho ho! Alex! It's a young girl's voice. Alex looks over to see a girl a little younger than Alex, with white hair and a pink bow running up to Alex wearing the same school uniform. Hey you! Alex replies to the girl. You you isn't why you, not like hey you. Oh, that's like their name. Yeah. Or Yui, sorry. The the I and the exclamation point look like the same thing. Yui. Hey, Yui, Alex replies to the girl. The girl is Yui Genjima, 
Alex's childhood friend. You're late for school as well, huh? Yeah, I overslept. Yui whines. <laughs> well, at least we can be late together, Alex says and runs ahead. Alex, wait, I'm not as fast as you, you know this! Yui cries as she tries to keep up with Alex. Uh, they soon arrive at school. Phew, we made it, Alex says, catching her breath. And just in time for homeroom, Yui says. They walk into the classroom to find everyone already seated and the teacher at their desk. Uh, there you are. You two are late, the middle-aged teacher tells him. We're sorry, Mr. Kanata, Yui bows in apology. Yeah, sorry, Alex bows as well. Just take your seat, the teacher says. Alex and Yui go to their assigned seats toward the back of the classroom. Alex sits next to the window and Yui sits one seat over. All right, class. Oh, uh, yeah, main character by the window. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait, so far we have uh, sleeping in a weird position while snoring loudly. Uh, the blankets are thrown everywhere, being late for school, toast in the mouth. Toaster in the mouth. <laughs> yeah, uh, late for school. Main, char- the main character by the window. All we're missing is, like, the meat cute on the way to class. Um, you have a new homeroom teacher this year. Please come in. He directs to the door. It opens, and another middle-aged man with fluffy black hair dressed in a formal business suit, as well as a short beard, <laughs> steps into the classroom. God. Okay. Uh, <laughs> my name is Kazuma Shoji. I'll be your new homeroom teacher. The man introduces himself. <laughs> I'll leave them to you, the other teacher says as he leaves the room. All right, let's start with introductions. Kazuma looked over the room at the students when his eyes <laughs> land on Alex, who is looked out the window. Who is look out the window? Looking out the window. No, look out the window. Yeah, fuck it, it's wrong. <laughs> That's just how it is. You with the purple hair! You with the pro- anime protagonist hair. You with the purple hair! He calls out and Alex perks up. Let's start with you. Introduce yourself to the class. Alex stands up from her seat and walks to the front of the class. My name is Alex Shindo. It's a pleasure to meet you all. So, (laughs) what do we think so far? Like every anime cliche opening jammed into... Eh, So basically, it's just a modern anime. Yeah, although I don't get why the teacher's like, you, over there, come up and introduce yourself. I've literally never seen that happen. Usually it's like, all right, class, we're going to play a team-building exercise, and you're like, no! Yeah, that is in fact how it goes. Please turn to the person next to you and say, you know, your name, where you're from, and an interesting fact about yourself. And then there's that one person who, like, took your interesting fact. You're like, dude. Why did Cosmo become a teacher? I don't know. Did they ever, like, what did he, did they ever say what he wanted to be? Or? I honestly can't remember. It kind of got drowned out by all of the, like. Everyone wants to be a card fighter. Yeah. Obviously. I mean, I know Aichi, I think, was aspiring to be, like, a rocket scientist. And then didn't Togoha, like, go study abroad or something? Yeah, in Paris until her boyfriend died. Oh, yeah, I forgot about him. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I guess uh, Kazuma needed to become a teacher because he was uh, sick of hearing people going, Ah, hey, 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 to him in the street. 
Do you guys mm-hmm. remember that? Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that, that was, was like, the best English dub. Yeah. <laughs> we'll forever follow him. But uh, also, we need to have the trope of your dad's best friend is now your mentor slash rival who was edgy in the past, but now he's just your weird uncle. Right. Yeah, because, like, well, Cosmo, yeah, Cosmo was kind of the rogue of the group, so. He is the edgelord rival. Yep. Right. It was Shion for a bit, but Shion had a good... Shion's not allowed to have screen time. I mean, Shion had a good reason, at least. Kind of. Yeah. Kazuma just seemed like he was a pissy little bitch. Yeah. Imagine betting your entire family fortune on a single card game. That's luck-based. Yep, that was I, literally a gotcha game. They were like, alright, let's try out this Vanguard Zero thing years in advance. Alright. Um... Okay, Drive 1, New Beginnings. So I guess that was the introduction before. After class, Alex packs her books in a bag as Yui looks at her. Hey, Alex, she says. You want to have a card fight at lunch today? Do you even have to ask? Alex says with a smug expression. I'm always up for a card fight. As she says this, Kazuma overhears their conversation and walks up to them. Um, I made some changes to my deck I want to try out, Yui says. To, uh, Yui, yeah, Yui tells Alex. I'm always ready if you want to test changes, Alex tells her. The two giggle as Kazuma gets their attention. Card fight? As in card fight Vanguard? You know what? I'm just leaning into it. He's Marge now. That's just how it's going to be. Um, <laughs> that was good. <laughs> oh, homie. All right, uh, Kazuma tells them. Yeah, it's a card game we play, Yui tells him. Uh, you know about it, Mr. Shoji? Maybe, he says. Hey, why don't you two come see me after school today? Both Alex and Yui flinch at his words. Also, like, at the beginning of the story, it implies she's, like, obsessively watching back her dad. Uh, I'm assuming Kronos, her dad, her dad's st- games. Wouldn't she know who he was? Yeah. You'd think like, so. Well, especially because, um, like, you, like he, he's on that tape, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I feel like the first thing I would... If I was super into this card game and I found out my dad's old rival was my homeroom teacher, I'd be freaking out on the inside, at least. So... Here's the thing, right? So they clearly were inspired to use the watching the old videotape from Pokemon, right? Because the beginning of the Pokemon series, it's Ash watch it uh, sleeping in the much the same fashion late, uh, <laughs> oh, while falling asleep watching Pokemon battles, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's it's much that same intro here, but the difference is is that now you've attached one of the characters to have a personal connection to the thing that she fell asleep watching. And if I, you know, if the assumption here is that she's obsessive about watching these things, then she should probably know about Cosmo. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Or maybe she thinks, or you know, at least comment on the coincidence of the name. Yeah. yeah. Cosmo, oh. as in that Cosmo? No. Like... <laughs> nah, that Cosmo didn't have a beard. <laughs> right. That moment where where Kazuma disguises himself like Team Rocket and gets away with it. <laughs> like, 
you you don't need to open up the story in such a way where it's like it has to stay like we're just gonna we're, it just has to be the same as Pokemon say. I mean, it is fan fiction, and we are right, right, but fun I'm just of saying. It. I know. I'm just saying. Like, it'd be pretty easy to like you know go go do something with this other piece of information. Right. Or like, I think it would have been better if you just had her wake up late. Like, you don't have to give her a reason why she sleeps in. We all sleep in. Yeah. Same. I do, yeah. I do that constantly. But yeah, uh, other than that, so we were talking about how creepy it is, how he's invite, creepily inviting to after class. Yeah. Yeah. And especially because they go, are we in trouble? As in like, this is weird. You acknowledge this, right? And then he's like, not at all, I might have something you two might like. Tonight at 11, Kazuma Shoji, Todd having sex with female student, like, just... Please, no. Okay. I'll be waiting by the front gate, see you there! And he walks out of the classroom. What? Why would you wait for them by the... That's, like, even creepier. I mean, if if they're going somewhere, maybe? I assumed it was going to be come to my classroom. You know? Yeah, you. I assume you'd be like, come to my office after class, or like, stay here in the classroom during lunch or something, and so I can talk to you. Or faculty office after school. Who knows? Whatever. Point is, it's weird. As he and he walks out of the classroom, Alex and Yui look at each other, uh, in uncertainty. After school, Alex and Yui find Kazuma waiting for them at the front gate, like he said. Ah, there you two are! He says, come with me! Where are we going? Alex says, it's a surprise, you'll see! Okay. Oh, no. oh, we... oh, God. Cool, creepy as fuck. He says, and the three of them get into his car and drive off to their destination. Please, no. <laughs> they arrive at a large building with the words Card Capital 2 written over it. Moshi Moshi, Keisatsu this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I need to vomit. Hang on. Uh Okay. Uh with the words card capital two written over it. Here here we are, Cosima says. Is this a card shop? Alex asks in excitement. Wait, fuck my string glitch. There we go. Yep, the number one shot card shop for Vanguard, Kazuma tells her. What about Card Capital One? Wouldn't that be the number one shop for Vanguard? Also, how have they never been to Card Capital? Like, I, ref- I refuse to believe this, that there's never been to this place. <laughs> like, okay, so you're, both your parents were previous champions. You're, like, watching back old tapes... But you've just never been to the shop that your parents go to all the time, who they have friends working at. Yeah. Like, you, you would think, hey, Mom and Dad, you know the thing that you used to play when you were younger that I currently play now? Yeah? I want to get better at that. Can, where do we go? F- fuck if I know, kid. I forgot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> also, like, usually for something like this, they'd just be, like, 100 like, I know in the real world, if you told your parents, like, I want to be a professional card game player, they'd laugh at you. Well, this is a card game anime. Or... Yeah, but this is a card game show, so if you told that to your parents, they'd be like, hell yeah, do it. And they'd probably take you there themselves. 
I mean, like, let's look at both Aichi and Chrono. In both of their stories, they start off not knowing what Vanguard is. And they get introduced to this world because they haven't been there before. They don't know what this card game is, so them coming across this card shop and be like, what the fuck is this? Makes sense. Mm-hmm. This is they already play the game and they're like, oh, this I don't know what this place is. What could it be, yeah. you know? <laughs> like, if you're going to write such a like close personal connection with the characters, then you should take advantage of it. But if you wanted to have this thing where they're like discovering all of the these like iconic places and people from the anime for the first time, then you need to kind of write them like it's their first time doing it, but they like clearly play the game all the time. Their parents used to play the game. The main character watches back old tapes of the game. How does she not know any of these things? That that's that tends to be a problem with exposition in a lot of stories, is that you need someone to explain it to. Because <laughs> otherwise it comes off really awkward. Like there there was a it was a big problem in like fifties and sixties TV, where it would be like two scientists talking. And they'd be like, uh, well, as you know, Gary, uh, how this rocket works is that you're both scientists. You yeah. should both know this. <laughs> like, As you know, you're all part of this secret task force to fight against the alien invasion that's happening. Yes, they all, they're, they're all aware. <laughs> that's why you have a character like Chrono or Aichi who doesn't know what any of this stuff is, where everyone can explain things to you. But it sucks when people take, like, a character who's supposed or is from, like, has, like, a family reasons to know about it or, like, is, like, already knows about it. And, like, you have to, like, we're going to have this person have everything explained to them. It just doesn't yeah. work. Yeah. I mean, you can, there is a way to do the story where you have somebody who is, you know, already kind of well-versed in, in the game and shows up. And maybe, like, their parents don't want them to play because maybe Chrono's, like, Chrono had a bad experience after that championship and doesn't want his daughter playing. So he kept her from it. Or whatever. Or, or you don't even really need to, like, like explain the. You don't have to use blunt force exposition, right? Like, you can kind of explain <laughs> things slowly and naturally as they come up. Okay, blunt force exposition is something I am going to have to use forever. I love that. <laughs> That is great. I'm imagining, like, the fucking axe from American Psycho, and it's... Turns out that exposition is just very hard. Very hard. Yeah, like, it is. To do, yeah. Like, it's smoothly. very hard to do well, yeah. But yeah. You sh- it, it helps to, like, look at good examples of exposition. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. It's like, and, you know, characters that need, you know... Or, like, even if things are, like, explained, like, vaguely, or, like, at, like... You can, you can use some like jokes in like the to, like the character style to like as exposition of how the world works, you mm-hmm. know, like kind of absurdity of like I think Avatar does this like several occasions because there's not really a person that needs to be explained to, right? Yeah, <laughs> I mean there there is. You have Aang who's been frozen in the iceberg for a hundred years, right? Right, but but they don't. But they explained bending in a way that was like sarcastic, right? Right. Mm-hmm. It was like yeah, every so time like... you play with magic water, I get soaked, and it's you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right, so there's just you know good and bad ways to do it that are you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, so Cosma takes them to this card shop. Yeah. What next? The number one card shop for Vanguard. Cosma tells her, th- which they don't know about. Right. 
this is amazing, Alex Squills. I have I've always wanted to go to a card shop. How do you? Uh, well, <laughs> we've been over this. But how do you get your card? Uh, not that anyone in the show gets their cards from a shop. They just. <laughs> I mean. Amazon. I mean, people in the anime just materialize new cards. Shion literally. Aichi that. has bought cards at some time. Yeah. Um, sh- uh, Shindo got them mailed to him. Yeah. yeah. Or Delivered. or just or shoved in his locker by Ibuki. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it, like that's one thing I liked about early the early Vanguard anime was because it was more slice of life, and you had them like actively trying to make their decks better by going to this card shop and trading and, you know, trying stuff out as opposed to, like, I ass-pulled this anime card from nowhere in the middle of a fight on a planet. Oh, wait, they did that later, so... Yeah, I you... turned my sword into a stride and win the game with it. Oh, yeah, I forgot yeah. about that. That was really funny. <laughs> I just imagine... Chrono, like, literally I... pulled Gear Groovy out of nowhere when he... During the final fight, he just, like, had it in his deck all of a sudden. Yeah. I I love the idea of Kazuma coming... Or, not Kazuma. Of Shion going back home. And uh, they're just like, Shion, where's the priceless fairly, uh, family heirloom that you took with you? Oh, it, I, it's this card now. You traded away our family's sword for a card? No, no, no. The sword is this card. Do you understand? I'm like, no! Because that doesn't happen! Like... <laughs> <laughs> Is magic real in the Vanguard universe? I mean, yes. There's right. there's alien stuff going on. Or... The planet Cray just exists, and Aichi is a scientist because he wants to find it for real. I feel like... It, I don't know. Here's a question for the listener. Uh, what... If you could just go to the planet Cray and, like, just chill for an afternoon with any unit from Vanguard, which one would you choose? And I almost guarantee you that no Great Nature cards are on that list, because you'd be like, Leopold, you get mauled. So, that's out. Anyway. um, I think you underestimate the furries. Don't call me a furry, I'm not a furry. Um, (laughs) I didn't say you were a furry, I said you're underestimating furries. Right, except if people assume if you play Great Nature, you're a furry. Whatever. Uh, tweet us at Nexus at night what uh, Vanguard unit would you want to chill for an afternoon with. Okay, so the three of them head inside the building and arrive in a large and open room, the walls lined with glass cases holding many Vanguard cards, and several fighting tables toward the back end. Alex and Yui both stare in awe. Look at all the cards, Alex exclaims. This place hasn't changed at all, Kazuma says. What do you mean? Yui asks. Before Kazuma could answer, a voice calls out to them. Uh, let's see, who is this? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, this is this is gonna be Tayo. Give me a voice for Tayo. Oh God. <laughs> Elmer Fudd. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to Cod Capital. <laughs> a younger man with shortish. Orange-brown hair comes from around the corner, wearing an apron with the card shop logo on it and carrying a broom. He lays eyes on Kazuma, and expression and his expression drops. Kazuma, is that you? He asks in shock. Hey, Tayo, long time no see. Kazuma says and extends a hand extends a handshake to the other man. 
Oh man, it's so good to see you again. Wait, does Elmer Fudd have a lisp or is it just the R to W thing? I can't. I don't remember. I know, I know he's like very very quiet. I'm hunting rabbits. Like I got that. I don't know if it's like a full on lisp or not. Um. Okay, whatever. Uh, the man accepting the uh, the man says accepting the handshake. Kazuma turns around to face the girls. Ladies, this is Tai Asukawa, Card Capital Two, Card Capital 2's head manager. Kazuma introduces him. It's nice to meet. Or, oh wait, it's nice to meet you. I'm Alex Shindo. Alex introduces herself, and I'm Yui Genjima. Nice to meet you. Yui does the same. Alex, man, you Willy Quone. <laughs> oh god, you guys are gonna kill me. Uh, Tayo says. Huh? Alex is confused. How do you know me? I knew your father, and so did Kazuma over there. Tayo <laughs> explains, and Alex's face drops. Alex, your father is... Yui begins to explain. My father is Chrono Shindo. Alex finishes. If you two know who my fa that my father, that means... The realization then hits her. You two were his teammates? How does she not know this? Right. How does nobody not know this? <laughs> it's on the tape! <laughs> Again, if he was trying to keep it from her, then it would make sense, but he's not. Okay, yep, Team Stwidos, Tayo says, taking a proud stance. No way! You two are legends! Yui exclaims. Uh, I don't believe it. Two Vanguard legends standing right here in front of me, Alex ex uh, exclaims in excitement. This is the best day ever. Best day ever. But then she remembers something. Wait, if you two know my dad, does that mean you know what happened to him? Both Kazuma and Tayo glance away. Well, just as clueless as you, Alex... Tayo says. Oh yeah? Your dad disappeared when you were only five, right? Yui asks for clarification. Okay. That's a thing. Do you guys not have any anything to add to this? Or What could I add? Yeah, it speaks for itself. Okay. Yeah, Kazuma replies. We stopped coming around after he disappeared. That's why you don't remember us. You were too young. Alex hangs her head in sadness, but Kazuma walks... Wait, 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 wait. Shindo's vanished? Yes. Yeah, Chrono's gone. And this is the first time we've heard about it. Yes. Yeah? Tokaha did not bring it up in the conversation with Cosmo at the very start. No. They when they could have easily it. they could have easily done that and say, Has Chrono turned up yet? Which I'm... would tell the reader that Chrono is missing. Yes. Yeah. Or and it would build some intrigue. Although if it's been they said he disappeared when she was five, right? If it's been 10 years, I doubt that you would, like, oh, I see. have a call or you're like, hey, has your missing husband who's been gone for a decade or come maybe, back yet? maybe you know? she hired a private investigator. Maybe. And then it turns out to be Morikawa. <laughs> oh, no. Or, you know, maybe she's just, like, look, she was on her laptop, right? Maybe she's just looking up stuff about him. Detective Gumshoe all over again. Hey, pal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about those grade threes, eh, pal? 
Okay, someone write The Adventures of Private Investigator Morikawa, please. We will read it okay. on there. I, I apparently missed the part where he was gone since she was five. Right. I mean, again, well, it wasn't brought up until now. It's just that, or like it's been ten years since, I assumed when they said that, it was, it's just been ten years since Kazuma has seen her, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, you have, like, your parents' friends, it's like, who the fuck are you? Like, I saw you when you were a baby. You're like, I don't know. What is with the Shindo family just running away for infant periods of time? I don't know. You'd think he would probably not do that. You'd think that when Chrono was dating Tokaha or uh, whoever he happened to be dating at whatever time, they would get the red flag of my dad ran away when I was little and... Do you want to, and then like she goads him into having a kid, and then he runs away or something. I don't know. Um, Alex hangs her head in sadness, but Cosmo walks up and places a hand on her shoulder. Hey, cheer up! I'm sure we'll find him one day. <laughs> uh, he says, and Alex's frown turns into a smile. Yeah, as long as I have hold that hope in my heart, I'll never give up. She says, one day I will find him and bring him back so we could be a family again. He's the whole reason I'm even playing Vanguard. My dream is to become a champion like him one day with my own team. Oh, honey. No. (laughs) Well, you've got a friend, so it's a start, Kazuma says. Well, Yui's really the only friend I've had. Alex scratches her head in embarrassment. And Alex is really the only friend I've ever had, Yui replies. Like I said, it's a start, Kazuma says and walks away slightly. But having a team is the first step to becoming a champion. You'll have to fight thousands of really strong opponents. So, he turns around to face him again. If you really want to become a champion, I have to see if you have what it takes to become one. He reaches into his pocket and pulls out a deck of cards. Alex, I want you to fight me. Show, Show me what you have. You have what it takes to become a champion. I don't know what takes more concentration, doing the voice or reading while doing the voice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, okay. Alex's expression drops at his request. What? Fight you? Alex uh, ex- uh, exclaims in shock and excitement. Cosman nods in acknowledgement. No way. I get to fight the legendary card fighter? I, I don't believe it. Wait, expression drops and then excitement? I don't think this person... I don't think that means what you think it means. Yes. Alex is failing to contain her excitement. This really is the best day ever. Thank you, Mr. Shoji. Please call me Cosma, he says. Titles make my skin crawl. It looks like it says titties make my skin crawl for a quick second. (laughs) That's my problem, not yours. (laughs) A few minutes later, the two of them... uh, the two of them stand at either end of the fight table, getting ready for their fight. Meanwhile, Yui and Tayo stand off to the side watching. Yui puffs her cheeks in annoyance. It's not fair, she exclaims. Why does Alex get to have the amazing lineage? Because of it, she gets to fight a legendary fighter. Yes. Uh, <laughs> don't worry, Yui. I'd be happy to fight you sometime. That way, you and Alex can be even, Tayo tells her. Really? She exclaims, thank you, Tayo! And then you get to lose to her actual rival to establish their badass cred. Wait, Yui does, or, uh... Yes. 
Oh, Yui loses to the rival. I mean, that's what Tayo exists for, right? Oh, to get his ass reamed? (laughs) Yeah, he loses, so the the villain looks really badass. Yeah, I don't think you you really see him, like, win much, do you? No. The one time he actually won something was against that annoying DP player who used Cosmic Heroes. I think that still makes Matt uncomfortable to this day. (laughs) Hey, somebody's got a job. Justice, justice, justice. Um, that kid. He Cosmic Heroes. Uh, oh, they're all about to start, he says. Alex and Cosmo place their decks under the table and draw five cards each. Uh, I won't be holding anything back, and neither should you. Come at me with everything you've got, Cosmo tells her. I intended to do that from the started. That's exactly how it was written. <laughs> <laughs> I intended to do that from the start. Alex tells uh, tells him. Then the two of them place their hands on their starting vanguards and shout in unison. You guys want to do it with me? No. Fuck no. you. Fine. <laughs> Stand up, vanguard! <laughs> As they flip their cards over. Drag Prince Roots! Cosmo declares. Steam Maiden Ace... Ancia. Alex declares. After they flip them over, small 3D miniature holograms of the units appear on the table. Cosima smiles at Alex's card. You even used your chronicle like he did, he says in remembrance. Now, the question is if is if he's using original cards or not. Uh, I don't think the... What is it? Steam Ancia does not seem like a that thing. It's not a real thing. It is a real thing. Oh boy, we get oh, it's to fanon. see... It, there's a Fanon wiki. Holy shit. There is a Fanon card fight wiki. Holy shit. Okay. All right. It's what he trained me with, Alex tells him. Cosmo smirks and draws a card from his deck. I'll go first. Ride. Drag wizard knees. Here we go, Alex says in her mind. I move back, root back with the forerunner. Your turn. I really should have picked a different voice for Cosmo if I knew I was going to be talking with him this much. (laughs) There's You're just gonna... welcome. Oh my god, I- I'm just gonna be at work tomorrow. Oh, hi guys, how's it going? <laughs> Not that I talk a lot at work, but still. Um, draw, Alex declares and looks over the cards in her hand. Ride, Steam Maiden, Nania. Uh, they're they're giving like the grade and the power of each thing. I'm not gonna say it unless it's important. So just right. yeah. Uh, I activate Ancia's skill when she's rode on. I can look at the top five cards in my deck and add one Geroid among them to my hand. Interesting, Cosimo remarks. I call Steam Hunter Fina behind Nania. Uh, boosted by Fina. N- sorry, not Nania. Nania. Nania attacks the vanguard for 14,000. No guard, Cosimo declares. Drive check. Nothing. Damage check. Nothing. My turn. Ride. Dread Wizard Leofall. I call Blackwing Swordbreaker. Using her skills, Soul Blast 1. I draw a card. I also call Abyssal Owl. Using his skill, I look at the top seven cards in my deck and add a card with Luard and its name to my hand. And because I did that, I discard cards whose total grades equal three or more. I discard two grade ones and a grade two. Now it's complete. <laughs> All right. Um, just, like, the thing that took me out of this the most, not the fact that my vocal cords are suffering is insufferable damage, <laughs> but that Swordbreaker doesn't get the... Soul Blast to draw unless it's called by an effect. So, right, nerd. Okay, um, <laughs> now it's complete. What's complete? Alex says. Cosmo's ritual. 
Oh, wait, so Kazuma's witch wool, Tayo explains. <laughs> Kazuma's ritual said in Elmer Fudd needs to be, like, Tayo with the hat, the, like, hunter hat on someone's t-shirt. Someone make it. Um, ritual? Yui questions. Uh, it's the special skill of the Shadow Paladins. If Kazuma has a certain amount of Dwayne Ones in his Dwap Zone, he can use his unit skills, Tayo explains. Boosted by root Leopold uh, attacks for 14,000. Or for 14,000. Due to Leopold's Ritual 3, add 2,000 power for 16,000. Ah! Alex the Elves is her unit's hologram is struck by Leopold's uh, hologram. Drive check! Critical trigger! Uh, those are the new triggers, aren't they? Alex says. Yep, with this, I add 10,000 power to Blackwing Swordbreaker and one critical to Leopold. Boosted by Abyssal Owl, Swordbreaker attacks for 23,000. I guard for shield for 20k. Uh, okay. One of those new heal triggers with 20,000 shield, huh? Not bad, Cosimo remarks. I end hmm. my turn. Why was this written at the start these? of the era? Why would you not be playing these? <laughs> let, me, uh, let, me, let me see here. This was written... Uh, July... Uh, updated July 2nd. Yeah, June 21st, 2019. Yes. I have a question. Okay. I have a question. Yeah. It's an important question. So, the old, the boom, the card fight boomers, let's call them. <laughs> <laughs> you mean us? Yes. Uh... No, the older characters in this uh, adventure. Oh, oh, oh uh, got it. Use the old decks, which they decided to not upgrade at all. As you do. Right. And the card fight zoomers definitely uh, did in fact update or play with updated cards interesting yes or because we haven't seen you know abyssal or leofall in viera yet could be new well cards? no because he's surprised about the 20k heals oh right right so yeah uh, whatever i it's one of those things where because it was at the beginning of the era, i'll give him a pass on it one of the few things yeah. I will give them a pass on, just because like you, you were working, or you didn't have as much information at the time, so yeah. they didn't know if if like the the G era grade threes were coming back at the time. You know, we didn't know mm -hmm. if there was going to be you know Chrono Jet or Alt Mile or anybody. Yeah, but if that was the case, I would have just made up whole new cards for everybody. Fuck it. I mean, if you want to see that, go check out uh, versus Capcom's 28-chapter story. Um, <laughs> yeah, that guy, that guy really got into the weeds. It was awesome. Um, okay, 20,000 shield, not bad. I end my turn. Okay. Ride, Alex declared. St uh, Steam Hunter Kishla. Uh, I call Steam Mechanic Nabu. Uh, okay, so Kishla is a grade 2 with 9,000, and Nabu is a grade 2 with 10,000. So... And Steam Star uh, Colleen and a great woman with 8,000. So, yeah, I guess it's early Viera or something. Boosted by Colleen, Naboo attacks the Vanguard for 18,000. Using the skills of both Naboo and Colleen. With Colleen, uh, sold last one, you can't intercept, and you can only call up to three Guardians. Next, with Naboo, I bind the top card I used for uh, Colleen's cost, and you can't call grade one or higher units for this battle. Huh. Cosmos says with mild shock, No guard then! Boosted by Fina, Kishla attacks for 16,000. How guard... do we feel about these skills, by the way? 
Oh, like a, a, as card design goes? Yes. Oh, um, I don't know. I don't really care too much. Seems fine. I can barely remember what it is. I know, right? I know. It's like you soul blast to, uh, like, it's soul blast one, no intercepting, and you can only call up to three guardians. And then if you bind the thing, you just soul blasted no grade one or higher. But this is like turn two. Yeah. So why is she doing this? Just. What's the name of this card? What? What's the name of this card? Which one? The card uh, she's on right now. Okay, so. Kishla is her vanguard. Um, okay. Steam Hunter Kishla, K-I-S-H-L-A. Uh, Steam Mechanic Nabu, N-A-B-U, is the rear guard, and Steam Stara Kaleen is the the thing boosting it. K-A-L-A-I-N. I see. Okay. Go ahead. Are you looking these up, or is it just like mental Oh, I'm notes? seeing if they exist, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, okay. Okay. Uh, Okay, so Cosmo doesn't guard. Boosted by Fina, Kishla attacks for 16,000. Or, sorry, that was just Alex's voice. Boosted by Fina, Kishla attacks, guard. Okay, I guard. Uh, drive check, uh, draw trigger. Power to Kishla and draw a card, so that puts it in 26. Still couldn't get through, though. At the end of my turn, I put Nabu into my soul and draw a card. I also bind Colleen. Alex clicks her teeth. Uh, so I get... Clicking your teeth is that? I would assume. Yeah. Cosmo chucks a little as he begins his turn. And this is only the beginning. Huh? Alex flinches a little. What does he mean? Yui asks. Uh is about to wide way three and you and reveal his true strength. <laughs> Elmer Fatai was my favorite character in this <laughs> That threw me off so much. <laughs> Wait, what'd you say? That threw me off so much. <laughs> Awaken now! You're the... welcome. <laughs> Thank you. The hidden power laying inside me, Cosmo shouts. Ride! Dragheart! Luard! And this is with 11,000, so yes, before. No no force markers for you. There it is. Cosmo's ace, Luard. Alex thinks to herself in excitement. I call Drag Wizard Ustias. Using his still, I return a grade one in my drop zone to the bottom of the deck and increase his power by that unit's power. I return Drag Wizard knees, so add seventeen or seven thousand power. Um, side note: so like he, he um, when he does like soul blasts or counter blasts, he uh, the author represents it with like. The damage is in between a set of parentheses and it's brackets for each damage, and then if it's counterblasted, there's an X between the brackets. Mm-hmm. I just think that's a nice way to do it. Um, yeah. Credit words do. Yep. Um, okay, board state. That's nice of him. So on the front left, you have Ustias with 16,000, lured on his Vanguard. Uh, what's his face? A sword Breaker on uh, the front right. Um... Abyssal Owl in the uh, back right, and uh, Root, his starter, in the back center, and there's nothing in the back left. So picture that in your mind, I guess. Boosted by Abyssal Owl, Swordbreaker attacks for 13,000. Guard for 5,000. Boosted by Root, Luard attacks the Vanguard for 16,000. Like, my Marge voice and my Mickey voice are leaking into each other. (laughs) 
Okay. Uh, no guard. Twin drive, Kazuma declares. That means he gets two drive checks, right? Huey asks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so the Nexus at Night podcast is where we talk about Vanguard with vaguely humorous, humorous results for about 40 minutes to an hour at a time, right? That's how this works? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I just needed we that explained to me. Go off topic Thank you for every explaining. Now and then, but Sometimes, you know. Thank you for explaining that to me. I've never heard a podcast before. <laughs> okay. Uh, first check, none. Second check, critical. Critical trigger, power to Ustias. Critical to Luard. Ha! <laughs> All caps, by the way. <laughs> I wish you could have seen me. I was I leaned back in my chair with like one finger to the sky. So <laughs> He shouts as Luard strikes the hologram. Ack Alex reels in imagined pain, even having to grab the bar on the side of the fight table. Damage check. None none. Uh, so she is at four damage right now. Ustias right. attacks the vanguard. Alex thinks for a moment, then decides on her move. Complete guard! The new draw trigger sentinels. You do seem to know your stuff after all. Cosmo applauds her. I end my turn. Yeah. To be fair, that, that line is completely within writing of the ship. <laughs> oh, you seem to know your stuff. <laughs> for, like, some I mean, game action. <laughs> yeah, like... Honestly, as far as the dialogue for this fight goes, very show accurate. <laughs> then that's the just a problem question, with the show. <laughs> except, except the question about what's a twin drive. That was, that was yeah. Not needed. <laughs> yeah, Alex Pants. You're not so bad yourself, as expected from a legendary card fighter. Uh, oh, as as expected from a legendary card fighter. However, you haven't seen my ace in the hole yet. Kazuma is curious. I'm just getting started. Alex takes a card from her hand and holds it in the air. Aw, oh, fuck me. I have to do a ride chant. <sighs> the things I do for you people. Let's go, <laughs> you and me, to a new world of our true potential. Ride! High Steam Maiden Corona! <laughs> <laughs> The unit's name is Corona! <laughs> Very topical. The unit's name... Hey, it was 2019. He couldn't have known. This That's aged awesome. like a fine wine. Holy shit. A girl with short and spiky white hair wearing a steampunk attire appears on Alex's uh, vanguard circle and wielding dual blades. 12,000 power? Kazuma exclaims with curiosity. I call Steam Hunter Lippet and activate her skill. I bind a card in my drop zone and she gains uh, 3,000 power. I activate the skill of Steam Bane... Ancia, that was the great one from earlier. Ancia. If your chronicle is four, so it should be 13,000. Your vanguard sucks. <laughs> I mean, maybe, well, I don't think they knew what Gears was. I know, but right? we get to poke fun at them with the benefit of hindsight. Right. I mean, honestly, they predicted something being called Corona. They can be wrong all they want. 
That was mwah, so good. Uh, I activate the still of steam main ancia in my soul. Huh? Kazuma flinches. If I have Corona as my vanguard, I can bind her and draw a card. I also call Steam Links and Boo. Also, while Ancia is in my bind zone, she becomes a great one. All right, so the board state is there's nothing on the left side. Uh, Corona in the middle on the vanguard. Ancia in the back. Uh, I think another Ancia in the back right. Uh, Lippet is the grade two in the front right. I can't remember which one's Ancia, but it's two grade ones with 7,000 power in the back. Boosted by Anbu, Lippet attacks for 20,000. Using Anbu's skill, when she boosts, I can discard a card and Lippet gains 1,000 power for every grade face-up in my bind zone. What? (laughs) Kazuma, what was that? My phone. Oh, okay. I thought that was like you making like a fake buzzer noise, like meh, like stop or something. Um, The total is grade five, so I had 5,000 power. Ugh, no guard. Kazuma takes the damage. Uh, Using Lippet's skill she got from Anbu. Since the attack hit, you can choose one of your rear guards and put it on the bottom of your deck. Hmm. I choose Swordbreaker. Kazuma smirks. <laughs> yeah, of course he would. Uh, I activate Corona's skill. <laughs> oh god, fill that one in for yourself, folks. Uh, <laughs> since one of my rear guards finished an attack, I bind that rear guard to call a unit from my deck with one higher grade. Counterblast 1, destroy the U.S. economy. <laughs> that one's better. That That's, that's good. Uh, Kazuma's eyes light up from the sound of this strategy. I bind Lippet and call from my deck. The grade 3 high steam maiden Eel X cross. Fuck. Okay. Eel cross. Uh, using her skill, I can call Pressure Burst Gear Fox from my hand and add 10,000 power to it. Boosted by Fina, Corona attacks the Vanguard. <laughs> Is the Vanguard somebody's lungs? Yeah. Guard! Kazuma declares. Twin drive. Nothing. Critical trigger. All effects to Eel. Boosted by Gear Fox, Eel attacks the Vanguard for 39,000. No guard! Kazuma takes a fourth damage. Uh, I end my turn. With that, I bind Eel and call Lippet from my bind zone. So they brought back Time Leap, I guess, without calling it Time Leap. Um, Mm -hmm. Cool. Ah, she was so close! uh, Yui whines a little. Yeah, but now Kazuma's gonna go full force on her now, Tayo says. <laughs> Ugh, I almost... Can't, can't to die. <laughs> what, what, you can't... Tayo you... is too much. <laughs> it's, al- <laughs> it's almost like I'm fighting your father right now, Kazuma tells Alex. Huh? or Alex questions. You and your father's fighting styles are exactly the same. You both bind your... You sure are good at drawing criticals at grade three. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Root beer with the fucking best lines of the episode. Holy shit. Uh... You both bind your rear guards and call stronger rear guards, Kazuma tells her. Not only that, but you take it a step further and regard the grades in your bind zone as well. Maybe I underestimated you, Alex. <laughs> well, my dad did teach me everything I know, Alex boasts as when? she's... <laughs> yeah, when? Yeah, everything that my parents told me at age five, I don't remember. 
<laughs> How could she? Like, wow, you're so impressive. You sure do play the same clan as your dad with the same mechanics. Who would have guessed? I don't know what to tell you. But you haven't defeated me yet! Kazuma tells her and uh, looks up at him in a slight panic. This is where the real fight begins! Oh, fuck me. <sighs> okay. Uh, Stride? Pretty much. Kazuma takes a card with a white back off of the zone above his damage zone and holds it up. I activate Dragheart uh, Lord's Ritual 3. By returning two normal units in my drop zone to my deck, I can stride without paying the cost. Stride? Dewey questions. Generation stride. <laughs> Tayo explains to her. A powell that unlocks unlimited futures. Liberating the Generation Zone! Devour until you seize the world that you are seeking. Kazuma chants. Generation stride! The screen on the fight table lights up, and from the light, a hologram of a magician with a demonic red arm. There you go, Ripier. And several magic circles around him appears. Drag driver? Luard! Oh. No! no. <laughs> Why would you play the worst stride? It's the worst one! Shadow Paladin has so many other strides. Alright, we, we knew before the end of G-Era that... Or we knew when this card first came out, this card was dog shit. Yeah, yeah, we have the set review. You can go back and listen to it. <laughs> we were talking about that today. <laughs> uh, this, card, this card's but Why would you stride this? I don't know. 26,000 power? Alex exclaims. I activate Dread or Luard stride skill. I retire Abyssal Owl and call Dread Wizard Knees and Black Winged Swordbreaker. Using Abyssal Owl's skill, since it was re retired from Luard, I countercharge one. I activate Drag Driver Luard's skill. I call as many Grade 1 units from my deck as I have Drag Driver Luard's face up in G Zone. I'm literally clenching my fists in pain. <laughs> <laughs> what? Alex exclaims. I call Drag Wizard Knees, replacing Ustias, and Drag Wizard. Uh. I U C H A R B A. Ucharba? 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 Sure. Ucharba. Sure. I call Drag Wizard Morfessa! Okay, so he's got Morfessa on the top left, uh, knees in the bottom left, root still in the back, uh, it looks like sword, uh, sword breaker in the back right. And we're, and we're playing GBT9 Luard. I guess so, yeah. Alright. Boosted... Bad GBT9. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Boosted by you, Charba. Knees attach your vanguard. I guard, Alex declares. Boosted by root. Drag, dra uh, drag, driver Luard attach your vanguard. I guard for 25,000. You realize if I get a critical trigger here, I win, Kazuma tells her. I know, Alex says with confidence. Kazuma uh, smirks and checks his cards. Triple drive. First check. Nothing. The room falls tense. Second check. Heal. Heal. Heal we trigger. Need, we, don't need to, we don't need to explain what triple drive is. I mean, this is literally the dialogue. They say, in quotes, triple drive. Alright. Yeah. yeah, but like, no one in the show is like, what? A triple drive? Is that when you have three drive checks? Question mark? <laughs> <laughs> uh, he gives the power to Lord, heals one. Uh, Alex grits her teeth. Third check! Kazuma flips over a card, and it's a draw trigger. Draw sentinel. Ooh. Draw trigger. Power to Morfessa, and I draw a card. 
damage check, Alex. Or damage check, Alex declares it's a crit. She smiles at her card. Critical trigger. Corona gains ten thousand power. <clears throat> no social distancing. Corona gains one hundred and fifty thousand power. Florida. Florida. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, California's numbers are also ridiculous. Yes. Yes. Um, at least in my part of town, most of the people I see are wearing masks. Can't say that for everybody, but yeah, California's not doing so hot either. Um, neither was New York, I guess. But Okay. Uh... Chrono gains 10,000 power. Cosmo smiles a little. It's not over yet. Boosted by boosted by knees, Morfessa attacks. Using Morfessa's Ritual 3 at 5,000 power. So now they're up to 31. Uh, she guards. Not bad, Cosmo compliments her. Using knees' skill, after he boosts, I retire Morfessa and draw a guard. U- using Eucharba's skill, I put Morfessa into my soul instead of retiring her. With that, I end my turn. Now Drag Driver Lure returns to my G-Zone face-up, and Drag Hard Lure becomes my vanguard again. I'm more mad that they wrote all of that out because I had to do that in Kazuma's voice. <laughs> Not that they wrote it at all. Yeah, they knew they were going to do this. Right. In, in advance. Right. I'm actually somewhat impressed that you managed to survive that. It takes a lot I'm more... Not. <laughs> you know what's a you know what's real good etiquette when you're fighting someone in card fight? Be like, I can't believe you survived that. Uh, I don't care about that. I'm just like, you didn't even you throw a shit card, <laughs> and that was surprised and they lived. Hmm. It's like the shocked Pikachu face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Takes a lot more than that to knock me down. Alex tells him. But now you have no cards in your hand, Kazuma points out. If you're planning to stride, you won't be able to unless you draw a grade three. Striding was never my plan, Alex tells him, and Kazuma looks visibly confused. I'll show you Corona's true power. (laughs) We are keenly aware of Corona's true power, don't you worry. I swear I didn't know this when I picked the story. I read like three paragraphs in and picked it based off of that. I swear. All right. Here it comes! Uh, Yui ex- uh, exclaims in excitement. Heal what comes? Tayo questions. First, I activate the effect of Steam Hunter Fina. At the beginning of my ride phase, I can bind her to call High Steam Hunter Fina from my deck. And due to her skill, she gains 2,000 power. So she went from 10k to 12k. Now, right. unleash. Break through the darkness with your newfound potential, Alex Chance. Soul Drive. Activate. Oh no. What? Oh, no. What? Actually, that's literally <laughs> what they say next. What? Ty- uh, Kazuma and Tayo both exclaim in shock. Corona's holo- uh, hologram glows a bright blue light as mechanical wings appear on her back and her dual blades become longer. I send cards from my bind zone to the drop zone, whose total grades equal four or more. I send two grade two units. With that, Corona permanently gains 3,000 power, one grade, and one drive. She also becomes driven. Amazing, Kazuma mutters to himself. She actually knows such a technique. I call Steam Mechanic Melnia, uh, grade 1, 7K, a hologram of a small cat girl dressed in steampunk attire appears. 
Using her skill, I call High Steam Maiden uh, Eel Cross from the Bind Zone. So, uh, she's got, uh, what's her name? Uh, okay, so Fina's on the top left, uh, her vanguard who's, quote, driven in the middle. Um, and then Melnia, I guess, is either in the back, center of the back right, and then something else. Alright. Okay. Uh, let's go. Eel, attach your vanguard. No guard! Cosma takes the damage, puts him at four. Boosted, or boosted by Gear Fox. Fina, attach your vanguard. Guard! Boosted by Melnia. Corona, attach your vanguard. Uh, complete guard! Triple drive. First check, nothing. Second check, uh, it's a grade three. A grade three unit. Gear Fox's skill activates. Bind him and call Fearless Steam, uh, Steam Knight Ludger, Ludger from my deck over Eel. And with his skill, add 3,000 power. So a 10k, it's a grade two 10k that goes to 13. Third check, crit. Critical trigger. Cause him a gasp and shock. All effects to Ludger. I activate Melnia's skill. At the end of the battle, she boosts. I bind her and call two clockwork tokens in her place. They're... What? That's a thing they can do, I guess. All right. Grade one with 5k each. Uh, Small gear-shaped robots appear. Boosted by the clockwork token, Ludger attacks your vanguard for 28,000. Guard! Kazuma declares in a panic. (laughs) He pants. You're all out of attacks. You got nothing left. Not yet, Alex uh, tells him, and uh, he reels in fear. You forgot. I activate Corona's skill. <laughs> I bind Lunder and call a unit with one higher grade. I call High Steam Maiden Corona. And due to the skill of my Vanguard Corona, if she's driven, she also needs 2,000 power for each grade in my bind zone. So she goes to 26k. I attack the Vanguard one more time. <laughs> Alex screams as she imagines herself as Corona rushing toward Kazuma as Luard. G-guard. <laughs> Kazuma looks at his hand, and the only card in it is Luard. No shield. Sorry, Rootbeer, no G-guards today. He smiles. Wow. <laughs> he smiles and says, No guard! The attack connects, and Luard collapses to the ground. Damn it, check! That's the sixth. The holograms disappear from the board, and the table turns off. Alex stares at Kazuma's damage in complete shock. I I won? She says. Both Yui and Tayo are also speechless. Kazuma walks around the table to Alex's side. He looks her in the eyes. You really are an amazing fighter, just like your father, he says and extends a hand to her. I admit defeat with honor. Alex is still in shock from her defeat, but er, feet, sorry, and regains her composure and pulls out a smile. She takes his hand and shakes it. Alex! Yui exclaims as Alex turns around to face her. She is caught off guard by Yui leaping and throwing herself around Alex in a big hug. That was amazing! You actually beat a legend! I have to admit, I'm a little surprised myself, Alex says while blushing that Yui is hugging her. So, possible lesbian relationship? Maybe? I don't know, dude. They're just hugging. We're almost done. We're in the home stretch. Okay. I don't believe you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm surprised you managed to use the power of Soul Drive and nearly mastered such a technique. What seems like so quickly, I definitely think you have what it takes to become a champion fight like your father. What do you mean so quickly? He didn't know anything about it before. Yeah. You know what this no. kind of reminds me of? is like You remember how uh, Pokemon had Mega Evolutions? 
And then they came out with Dynamax, mm. which is like the same thing, kind of. Yeah, another thing. Yeah, so this is what it mm-hmm. reminds me of. Instead of like you mega evolve into like a different looking thing, it's you know it, it's the same thing but bigger. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like Dynamax for bigger. Um, I mean, they got pretty close to what Gear Chronicle would end up doing. Just honestly, this was probably better than what Gear Chronicle got that first wave of support. Dude, for real. <laughs> to beat. Uh, we should send this to Bushirad. Uh Okay, later that evening, Alex and Yui are walking home while talking about their experience today. I can't. I still can't believe you managed to beat Mr. Shoji, Yui tells her. I know, right? Alex replies. It was close, though. After he used Drag Driver, I got a little worried. Why? <laughs> Man. Only Imagine me? if he had used literally any other stride. Right? Or, uh... What's the one where it's like it's you call two grade ones and then they get ten k for every like it's like ritual four, or it's just tried Morfessa forehead. Yeah. Oh yeah, that works too. I well, did Morfessa exist back then? Who knows? Maybe by then. Um, as they walk, they pass by a little uh, a girl a little older than them with long brown hair who looks at them from the other side of the street. By the way, you use Soul Drive at the end to make a total of five attacks. Yui exclaims as they pass by a young boy about their age with red spiky hair walking out of a card shop and looking at them. Hey, you want to go back to that card shop tomorrow? Yui asks Alex. Sounds good to me, she says. I want to fight Tayo next. They pass by an older boy with light blue hair sitting uh, sitting at a cafe on the other side of the street, reading a book and sipping some tea. Uh, Alex pulls out her deck and looks at her Corona card on the bottom. Because that's what you do as an anime protagonist. Yep. 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 If Kazuma says I have what it takes to become a champion, I shouldn't disappoint him. I'll make him proud. She then stops and looks up at the sky. And you too, Dad, she says, holding her deck close to her heart. And oh my that, God. that is the end of the first chapter uh, of Cardfight Vanguard X. How many chapters of this are? There are okay. 16. There are 16. Oh, God. At least they're actually writing something. That's the best part. Yeah. yeah. Or did. Maybe they're writing something else now. I don't know. When was this last updated? July 2nd of this year, last month. Oh, okay. yeah, still writing. They're still doing it. Um, Good for them. Yeah, so again, if you want to read the rest of this story, uh, link is in the show notes. Um, I hope you enjoyed our 200th episode of Nexus at Night. Thank you, everybody, Yay. for listening <laughs> this entire time. So, like we said at the beginning, want to give us money? <laughs> um, <laughs> remember to like comment and subscribe yeah no but yeah it, it's we're not it's not for nothing patreon.com slash nexus at night get a whole bonus show every monday um we're starting to release them this coming monday so it'll be the first one uh you know l- lots of uh, weird inner workings of our lives and maybe some people you might not have met before who knows please help me pay for my gotcha addiction thank you please yeah, and help us pay for our hosting fees and maybe get not shitty equipment on my end. But uh, I know. I, I wouldn't mind getting a new microphone either, to be honest. <laughs> um, but yeah, that about does it for this episode of Nexus at Night, our 200th episode. Guys, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me, Matt, on Twitter, at Wiggums, 2 You can find me at Plasma Eclipse. 
And you can find me at Atlas Novak, uh, Twitter, Instagram, or my other show at Bad Reading Pod in the same uh, in the same place. Uh, the episode we're doing this week is about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So stay tuned for that. Oh <laughs> Would you say why? Oh my! Yeah, and it's about the musical episode. Good stuff. <laughs> Get ready. It's gonna uh, be like a fanficy thing that's gonna be real fun. Yes, exactly. Uh, once more with feeling, it's called. Anyway, uh, and then you can find this show at Nexus at Night on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, feel free, if you got uh, custom cards, we are always taking submissions for those. Just tag your posts, uh, hashtag Nexus cards. You don't necessarily need to tweet, like, at Nexus at Night, because I know the character count can be a problem. So you just hashtag Nexus cards, you're good. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. I was Atlas. I'm Matt. I'm Rupier. I'm going to go get a lozenge, and have a good night, everybody. Thank you.